everyone, welcome to Shalanda Says, where we answer questions on all sorts of topics ranging from relationships to career growth. Join us as we answer listener questions and interview various experts in their field. Want a question answered? Send it to Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. That's Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. Now here's your hostess and proclaimed queen of time management and goal setting, Shalanda. Today we have Yvette Costa of Full Circle Coaching. Yvette is an executive coach, career strategist, speaker, writer, and yoga teacher. She is located in Denver, Colorado, but she works with clients wherever they're located. Yvette has a diverse background and experience. She holds a degree in biology and a master's in business administration. Yvette is also a certified yoga teacher and yoga therapist. She holds a certification in the science of well-being from Yale and is currently studying positive psychology and happiness with Dr. Tal Ben Shahar, former Harvard professor in positive psychology, and he's also the author of the book Happier. Yvette spent over 25 years in the corporate arena working in biotech pharma in a variety of sales and marketing leadership roles ultimately becoming vice president of access and reimbursement for a biotech startup. It was when that startup's first product failed that she shifted gears and obtained her certification as a professional coach. She now works with individuals and teams to help them change the stories they tell themselves that hold them back from the success and happiness they desire. Yvette's writings have been featured in Thrive Global, Elevate Women's Network, and Elephant Journal. Yvette is best known for taking the woo-woo out of airy-fairy concepts. Think mindfulness, meditation, gratefulness, simplifying the hard science behind positive psychology, anatomy, physiology, and biology, and melding it all together in understandable plain English and simple to implement practices that have a profound impact on life and success. Her goal is to help clients choose new ways of thinking about their lives so they so that they are less stressed, more productive, have more balance in their lives and experience happiness in a new way. And so today we are going to discuss success and happiness. How are you, Yvette? I am wonderful, Shalanda. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Oh, sure thing. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm just wonder- I am just so thankful and grateful to be here and uh, hope to bring something of value to you and your listeners. Oh, definitely. Yes. Now, what I would like to do is jump into the first five. These are five questions that all guests are asked. First question, what drew you to this career? Yeah. um, Again, thanks for having me on, Shalanda. Mm -hmm. And this career in terms of executive coaching is really all about helping people, helping people be better um, individuals. And overall, my goal is to help them be happier. Um, And that is probably rooted in the fact that I grew up in a family that was very pretty close knit in terms of always being there to help each other whether it was our direct family, our friends, or our neighbors in need. And I think that's pretty much what planted the seed 
of wanting to help people along the way. And I do have a little cold, so pardon me. No problem. I'll take a little drink of water. Um, <clears throat> and throughout my career, I spent 25 plus years, as you noted, in the biotech pharma arena. No matter what, where I was and what job I was in, I found that people would come to me and ask me for my advice. Um, and I would guide them and mentor them. And, and I found that really um, satisfying. Yes. People flourish in their careers. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you noted that I have my yoga teacher. And studying yoga has also helped me see how um, looking inside can help shift people into a, a broader way of thinking about life and themselves. And so it's all, all these combinations of things of my family background, my corporate uh, jobs, my yoga teachings that really have brought me to this place of being in a position to you know, I've been blessed to be in this position to, to start this coaching career, mm -hmm. to um, help hold up the mirror for people to really look at themselves and to make the shifts that are going to help them be more productive, positive, and happier in their lives. So that's a, a, I think a, a long story to say that I get a kick out of helping people and this is the best way I can find to do it. <laughs> mm, yes, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's exactly how I feel. There was something about working even though i was in the corporate world it was stressful and there's always that annoying boss but there was something satisfying that when people found out <laughs> i had a background in family therapy then people just tell you a little too much information sometimes <laughs> tmi too much yeah but it was some, there was something satisfying about that, just being able to mm -hmm. help people and know that you made somebody's day just that much yeah. better, you know? Well, just that, that feeling um, of people trusting you and yes. opening themselves up to you mm -hmm. in that level of trust is, and I, you know, I hold that trust sac sacrosanct, you know, when my clients, what they tell me stays with me. And right. I, I, I really feel strongly and, and value that trust relationship that I develop with my clients. Yes, definitely. Uh, you already touched on this, but you, could you go into a little more detail about what impact you hope to make? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I talked about a little bit that fundamentally I want to help people be happier. And I know that sounds kind of trite and simplistic, but um, one of my professors in, in my positive psychology calls happiness the ultimate currency. And that's because when you think about it, there is nothing else in the world that is universally sought after by all people. You can ask anybody anywhere, what do you ultimately want? It's like, well, I want to be happy. want to be happy, yeah. You want your kids to be happy. Yes. Yeah. You want your friends to be happy. Yeah. We all just fundamentally crave this happiness and whatever it is. And happiness means different things to different people, right? Um, and one of the ways that, that I work with my clients is to help them look at their, look at their lives in a, in a whole being perspective. So you and I talked a little bit about coaching and working with people on all levels as a, as a whole person. Mm -hmm. And happiness in the, the way that I coach is defined not just as those positive feelings that we have, that joy, that excitement, the you know, really good satisfaction of having a really good bundt cake. <laughs> which is one of my happy places. <laughs> and those are all positive emotions and those are good and those are one aspect of happiness. But when you're talking about whole being or whole person, there's five different levels that 
really I look at and coach with my clients. And that forms an acronym called SPIRE, which is the spiritual aspect, physical, the intellectual, the relational, and the emotional. And the whole person has to have balance and some level of satisfaction in all five of those areas to have a real meaningful life and to be happy, if you will, on each of those um, um, levels, each of those areas. And so I work with people to, to look at their lives and their, their whole being on those five levels Mm -hmm. and help them identify what would bring balance, what would bring happiness on a spiritual level or a relational Mm -hmm. level or an intellectual level Mm -hmm. and having those things all play a part in their overall happiness level. Okay. Now think about everything, you know, regarding this path we've chosen in retrospect, what would you do differently, if anything at all? <laughs> always, always the million dollar question, right? <laughs> <laughs> and always a hard question, because mm-hmm. as you and I both know, you know, we are who we are because mm-hmm. of everything we have experienced. Right, exactly. And I wouldn't be me today talking to you mm-hmm. <laughs> if I hadn't gone through everything that I have gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's ah, a hard one, Shalanda. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I did something last year. So this is a recent thing that I could have done differently. How's that? Mm-hmm. And last year I spent a big part of my time focusing on building an online course to help bring my coaching methodology to people. Um, and it's called Happy in Place, Happiness is Right Where You Are. And I really dug my, my heels down deep and I put my head down and I spent a lot of time and effort and energy putting that program to, uh, together last year. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, those five elements I talked to you about, you know, inspire. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I was in balance on all of those. Oh, wow. I was um, overly focused on this program and getting it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> it had to be right. Um, and I was, I was not in a happy place, you know, because I was focusing too much on the intellectual, right? On the, my spire. Mm-hmm. I was focusing too much on my intellectual piece of things in, in getting a lot of data and a lot of information together and really doing my homework and creating this, this program. And I let the other four things go by the wayside. Mm. And it's a lesson that I have to continually remind myself of to, to stay mm-hmm. in balance in those five elements. Um, now, with that said, I'm, I'm glad the course is built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. Yay, check that box. But in the process, I, I probably didn't do it in the most authentic, not, not in the most healthy way from mm. a happiness perspective. Mm. And, you know, someone, She's a converse, what is she? She's an inspirational conversationalist. And she was telling me that a lot of times, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is what we are set out to help other people with and teach other people, a lot of times that's our main issue that we have to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could, and, and we can only teach and guide and support and help people as far as we've come. Right, exactly. On our own work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's all true. Yeah. Now tell me what trends you see within your niche. 
Oh, um, two of the, the key things that I think are, are really coming to head, if you will, in society today is, is I think people are getting really tired of being disconnected from each other. Mm-hmm. Our society and the technology that we have at our fingertips right now make us think that we're connected. You know, how many likes do you have on Facebook? How many friends do you have? Yeah. Retweets, all these things, these connections that we have on social media aren't real connections. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people are starting to feel that gap in the authenticity of what a real relationship and a real connection is hmm. and are beginning to lift their heads up and say, okay, wait a minute, there's got to be more than staring at the screen. Right. Now it's still epidemic, no doubt, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the, my clients and the people that are coming to me are, are feeling some kind of void because they're either so engaged in their work or their, their children or in some other thing, their screen that they're realizing that there's more to life and they want to find out and bring that back into their lives. Yeah. So I think this connection is a big one. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's one thing I work, work with people on is their time management because a lot of people, they're, they're not realizing how much time they are spending on electronics. Mm Mm-hmm looking at the Facebook and the Twitter and all those things, you know, I I like having them around, but you have to be mindful of your time and you have to be mindful of the people that are in your space. Are you ignoring the people around you, your family, your Mm -hmm. kids? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. people, when they take a realistic look at how much time they are spending on distractions they realize they have more time they can't use. I don't have time as an excuse. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, when you go out to dinner and you see a whole family sitting there, everybody with their, their faces looking, looking at down. Their, their, <laughs> looking down at their phones and not yes. having any conversation going on at the table. It's, it's really a sad state of affairs. Yeah. We get more, um, well, we spend more time. I won't say we get more satisfaction, but, um, we spend so much time engaged in a virtual world that we don't know how to engage in the real world. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, very challenging as we move forward because technology is not going anywhere. Oh no. How do we learn to use it that it helps us and not hurt us? Yeah. is a good way. And you, you asked me about my, what the trends I see. And the other, the other one I wanted to mention mm-hmm. is, um, what I see is that people are, are wanting more in life and not from a material sense, because let's face it, our country is, is very wealthy and even, you know, not the poorest of the poor, but mm-hmm. all of us have a lot compared to a, a lot of other countries and other, other, other times. So people are beginning to want more satisfaction in life. Um, and again, again, a part of our society, what I think is, is rampant is, we're not very good at being satisfied and appreciating what we do have. Mm-hmm. And we're conditioned to set a goal, right? You're all about goals. You know about goal setting. Mm-hmm. We achieve that goal and we might do a little hooray, but then we, we immediately set a new goal, mm-hmm. put our nose to the grindstone and move forward. Yeah. And we don't take the time to celebrate, you know, the achievement of that goal or, or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And one of the positive psychologists that I study is, is uh, Sean Aker. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he calls this pushing happiness over the horizon. Hmm. 
And I just love that imagery because it is so indicative and heck I've done it myself. Right. And I just admitted to doing it last year, <laughs> you know, putting my nose to the grindstone and, and you know, yeah. I'll be happy when I'll right. be happy when I have a new car, I'll be happy when I lose 10 pounds, I'll be happy when the kids are out of the house. <laughs> and, you know, we just keep pushing our happiness over the horizon mm. and not taking stock of, heck, I got a lot to be happy about right now, right here, right where I am. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think people are in need of. And hence, my goal is to help them understand how they can be happy mm. right where they are. Okay. And with that, what advice would you like to offer listeners? Oh, goodness gracious, Shalanda. How do I narrow it down? (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have? (laughs) Oh, no worries. (laughs) Ah, Okay. Um, The first thing that I think, and it's a big part of what my my course does teach and, and what I work with my clients on, is to understand that happiness, however you define it, as well as those five elements that I talked about inspire that happiness is a skill and you can be learned. And a lot of the data and the information that's coming out of positive psychology today Mm -hmm. is reinforcing this and showing us that this, that it is in fact something that we can learn. Yes. So when you go to the gym, right, your goal is to potentially build up your biceps, right? Mm -hmm. And so you practice right? You go to the gym and you lift and you start out with 10 pounds and, you know, a couple weeks later, maybe you're at 12 and mm-hmm. you keep, you keep bulking up and you get a little more strength and you, and you get stronger and stronger. Or you take golf lessons and you improve your swing mm-hmm. or you learn another language. In each of those things that you're doing with your body physically or your mind to learn a language, you are, are building new neural pathways in your brain. Yeah. To help you be better at that skill, right? You wouldn't expect to go take one lesson uh, of tennis and win and then be, you know, win Wimbledon, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes time to build the physical muscle. It takes time to build the neural networks. And positivity and happiness is the same way, is by practicing um, simple things like gratitude. you can begin to build a stronger positive neural network in your brain that actually leads you to have more positive uh, awareness in your life. Mm -hmm. So I I hope that made sense. (laughs) Now, and I want to go a little bit more into the happiness concept Mm -hmm. and I want you to, Show me what it looks like when you are coaching someone mm-hmm. because you did mention in something I read on you about, you know, having a whole pro- person a- approach to coaching. Mm-hmm. Now, how does this work when you are coaching someone and in, in, regarding their happiness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it looks like, first of all, understanding what their current definition of happiness is to them. Mm-hmm. and often that's going to look something like, well, I, I just want to be happy. I just want to, I want to feel good. I, I don't want to be stressed. Okay. Well, let's talk about then, Shalanda, what does happiness look like to you on a spiritual level? Mm-hmm. However, you define spirituality. And I, then we talk about, okay, well, what is spirituality to me? 
-hmm. And when I'm feeling spiritually connected in whatever way that is to me, what does that look like? What are the activities I'm engaged in? What are the thoughts Mm -hmm. that I'm having? Who are the people that I'm with? And so on each of the spire elements, work with people to identify what does it mean to them? What does it look like to them? What does it feel like to them? What are they doing in each of those five elements that they relate to that they would say that they're happy in that continuum in that element mm-hmm. so that then they have they're, they're painting a picture for themselves to say hey this is this is what a good life looks to me like in these five mm-hmm. elements okay. and then we identify okay well if that's your ideal how are you measuring up and they can rate themselves on a scale of one to five to say hey i'm i'm, I'm a five on spiritual I'm a one on physical, haven't been in the gym in two years. <laughs> you know? And they can rate themselves. And then they can prioritize and say, well, I'm a one on physical, but you know what? I'm okay with that at the, right now. Whatever's mm-hmm. going on in my life, I, that's not where I want to focus my time. Mm-hmm. My relational is only a two. That's really where I want to spend some time and effort on how I can improve and how I can move towards my ideal on relational. And then work with them to identify, okay, you want to work on your relationships, who, who are those relationships with, and then what can you do today to take a step in that direction? And they lay out their own plan, action plan of what they can do, what they're ready, willing, and able to do to help move themselves forward in that element of their life. Mm-hmm. And that's it's an ongoing process of, of revisiting it and mm-hmm. um, holding them accountable to, to taking those steps to get them to the, to the picture that they painted for themselves mm-hmm. of what happiness on those five elements means to them. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, you answered two of my questions at once. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, no problem. That's great. Now, tell us what stops us from being happy in the first place. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, hmm. Again, there, there's, there's a number of things. Um, one is our biology. And so a big part of what I help my clients understand is I do some education around the biology and physiology of human beings. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, human beings are wired with a negativity bias. Yeah. And the reason for this, as I'm sure you're aware, is, is from a, a survival standpoint. As a caveman or, you know, in, in ancient times, it was better to overreact to the rustling in the bushes, <laughs> right? And yeah. take that as a threat mm-hmm. and then just keep on having your picnic and think, oh, nothing will go wrong mm-hmm. when it could, in fact, be a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> uh, now, we don't have saber-toothed tigers anymore, but that conditioning in our brains to have a negative bias towards things happening is still there. So just even understanding that, um, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my child is late coming home. Oh, they're lying dead in a ditch, right? I'm going to get a call any minute from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Where our minds tend to go in catastrophizing is a normal thing. Um, but understanding that and learning to, to um, nip it in the bud is, is one of the tools that can be taught. So our brains are just not necessarily on our side <laughs> in terms of being wired towards happiness. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one big thing that does keep us um, unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then that I think in today's society is compounded by uh, comparing. 
Oh, yeah. Think, yeah. That the comparing thing that we do in our society today, mm -hmm. how many Facebook likes that you have, you know, tweeting yeah. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the neighbors just bought a new car or they're mm -hmm. selling their house and getting something bigger or whatever, however it is that you compare yourself. I think comparing <clears throat> is one of the single biggest um, negative things that we do to ourselves. And it has been shown that, you know, comparing yourself will lead to unhappiness. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I did, uh, I, I didn't finish my doctorate, but I got two years in and I realized, you know, I'm, I was just doing it for the namesake. But, it, you know, um, it was a very interesting degree. I was doing the organizational management and I had a social psychology class and I ended up doing some research on social comparison. And it's mm. just like you said, people see other people's Facebook likes and they mm -hmm. compare it to themselves. And one thing that stood out in my research, there was some research done on women and they were, they might've been compared to men, but the women stood out as being the ones that did the most social comparison Mm -hmm. And we look at each other's bodies, each mm -hmm. other's hair and what she's wearing. And we compare mm -hmm. to ourselves and we make ourselves feel so bad. And this, it ju this just stood out in the research that women mm -hmm. are really bad about the social comparison mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I, I don't remember the supermodel, but I was reading an article of, of one of the supermodels today. So this is not, this is not old, um, mm -hmm. who was suffering from depression and anxiety because she would see her pictures, her own pictures of herself mm -hmm. and would feel inadequate because the, the pictures had been touched up, retouched so much yeah. that when she went home and looked in the mirror, that's not what she saw. Yeah. Wow. And we think we look at them and we think, wow, she's rich and beautiful. She has her own issues. Yeah. And it, and those issues are set into her head, you know, by having so many social comparisons out there that, that she's comparing herself to herself. Wow. And it's not really herself because it's been so retouched. Mm. Yeah. It's a sad state of affairs with regard to comparison. So I, I, I think those two things, just understanding your brain that it, it's, it is wired for a negativity bias. So just understand that and mm -hmm. take it like a child by the hand that might be throwing a tantrum and say, okay, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then stop comparing yourself are, are two big steps. I think people can take to, yeah. to lessen unhappiness. Yeah. Now I gave a time management and goal setting talk recently and, you know, when you're giving a seminar, you ask people questions and I ask everyone about, you know, what would it take for you to be successful? And a lady says she wanted to, wanted her goals to align with something else. And it was, she was so confusing to me. I didn't understand <laughs> what it would take for her to be successful. And in questioning her to, you know, engage a little bit more and clarify, I, I just didn't understand what she was saying. I was confused, so I just moved on. And in, in the uh, comments that, you know, the comment sheet, she said that 
my talk was basic, but she would recommend it to someone else. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. I at first, I, yeah, I, I got a little offended. I said, wait a minute. I can't go be all deep and, like you say, airy-fairy because the concept will fly over people's heads. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, it's okay to be basic with time management and goal setting because that's what people need. They're, people, some, they're not getting it somewhere. We're still distracted and, mm-hmm. and um, focusing our attention on the wrong things. And so I want you to talk about how you take, as you say, the woo-woo out of the airy-fairy concepts. Explain what that mm-hmm. is to you. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so I, I do have uh, quite a bit of training in, in yoga, and people all ask me all the time, you know, about yoga things in particular. And one of the, the things that is in the news a lot today is mindfulness and meditation. And meditation comes up, oh, I can't meditate. I can't do that. There's no way. My mind just doesn't stop. And so meditation is a big one that I think people think is kind of airy-fairy, not really sure what I'm going to get out of it, don't really know how to do it. And what I can do, I help people understand is, I first ask them, do you, do you think meditation is, is making your mind be quiet? And to a person, they say, well, yeah, isn't it? Like, um, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> meditation is not about quiet. It's about quieting your mind, but not making it be silent. Because there's frankly no way you can't. Your brain is wired to constantly be thinking. Mm-hmm. And if it's not doing that, you're probably not alive. So mm-hmm. I, again, it's uh, some of the education that I do is, is about anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. It's your brain does this. It is what it will do. So no, you don't have to quiet your mind. You don't have to be empty of thoughts. And that, right there and then people go, oh my God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't? No, you don't. Mm-hmm. And so once they understand that, hey, it's not about calm you know, being without thought, then, okay, so what is it? So meditation is about focusing your thoughts, right? So not letting them go all run around and say, oh, I've got to go to the grocery store. I got to pick up the kids. I got to remember to call Mm -hmm. the plumber. Oh, I got to get mom's birthday card. You know, that's what the mind will do. It will jump around. But what you do is you bring your mind to focus on one thing. And some people do that with a prayer or a mantra. Some people do that with words. Some people do that by focusing on their breath. Some people focus on loving kindness, which is sending loving thoughts to a person. Some people do that by candle staring. You can stare at a candle flame and just bring your focus solely on that. Some people do it with music. You can uh, take music and listen to the guitar. I'm only going to listen to the guitar. I'm only going to listen to the guitar. Or I'm only going to listen to the drum. I'm only going to listen to the drum. And by focusing your thoughts, you're learning learning how to manage them and not let them jump around. Now, yeah. yeah. So are you going to do that for 30 minutes the first time you sit down and do it? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Uh, even I'm an, a fairly experienced meditator and I would say I'm still a, a pretty much a beginner. And so you're co- focusing on your, your prayer or your words, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, Oh yeah, I got to pick up the kids. Oh yeah. The cat, I need to take the cat to the vet. Okay. You notice that your mind is wandering and you just bring it back to what your focus is. 
your mind will still wander. So I let people know that as well, right? That it will still wander and it's about bringing it back. And the more you practice bringing it back, the, the more time you'll spend on your focus mm-hmm. and the less it will wander, but it will naturally wander. You just, again, bring it back. So I try to make meditation and, and other, you know, airy fairy concepts um, more manageable and more real so that they can get their arms around them. Right. Yeah. Because Yeah. I think that's the main thing is that it has to be, as you say, real for that person so they can get their arms around it and they can apply it to their life and improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like with meditation, for example, you, you talked about doing um, some talks. I've done some talks on, on this, on yoga and some other topics and I'll just have people sit calmly close their eyes for 60 seconds and just focus on their breath coming in and out of their nostrils. Your breath is cool when it comes into your nostrils and warm on the, on the exhale. You may or may not actually feel your breath on the exhale, the, the actual breath, but you can feel that it, you can know that it's warmer mm-hmm. just for 60 seconds to just take and breathe in and just be bringing your awareness to your breath, focusing on the coolness of the inhale, the warmth of the exhale and to a person, 60 seconds, like, how did that feel? And they're like, wow, that felt really great. Yeah. So meditation also doesn't have to be hours and hours. Mm-hmm. It literally can be minutes. And mm-hmm. it'll be have positive impact. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you'd like to add? But you know what? No, I want to talk about your <laughs> happiness course. Oh, yes. <laughs> happiness is... Happiness, happy in place, happiness is right where you are. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, thank you, Shalanda, for asking about that. Um, yeah, so this course is probably the labor of my love since I spent a lot of time last year building it. Mm-hmm. It's a six-week course. It's online. Um, and what I do is I meld my yoga concepts and my yoga background mm-hmm. with positive psychology mm-hmm. to provide um, education part of which is the brain structure that I talked about earlier, um, along with these concepts of, of how to bring happiness into your life. So for example, uh, one of the yoga concepts that, it, that I, I teach in yoga is called satya, which is truthfulness. Hmm. So a yoga principle of yoga philosophy is be truthful, tell the truth, right? Which everybody would say, well, why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of us don't go around telling bald-faced lies. But the way I describe this in my course is I call this stop hiding from what is. And we lie to ourselves every day about what is. It's raining. Oh, I wish it wasn't raining. Or it's going to stop raining. Or it's going to ruin my day because it's raining because I would plan to garden. By lying to yourself about what is, it's raining, and pushing it away, you cause yourself unhappiness. Yeah. And so every time that we hide from whatever is, whether it's raining, whether you didn't get a job promotion, whether um, you're stuck in traffic or, and are going to be late for whatever you're heading to, and you bring up all that angst because mm-hmm. things aren't the way you want them to be. <laughs> they are what they are. Yeah. You create unhappiness for yourself. 
So, and those are so many ways that you basically lie to yourself or you hide from what is Mm -hmm. by wishing it was something else. And so that's how I I try to bring the the yoga concepts in, in a more meaningful way or a more Mm -hmm. real way for today's, um, today's audience. Mm -hmm. I meld my yoga concepts with the positive psychology, the data with biology, anatomy, physiology. I boil it all down, hopefully to what some common sense language um, that makes sense. And, and each module, so each week, I offer one tool for people to try to put into practice into their life. Okay. And it's a simple tool. It doesn't take a lot of time. So you don't have to rearrange your whole life. You don't have to sit and meditate for 30 minutes. <laughs> um, so a simple tool that they can take away and put into practice that day that hopefully will have an impact on their life and their happiness. And one example is either when you first wake up in the morning or when you're brushing your teeth, maybe you put a sticky on your mirror or when you're taking a shower, ask yourself this question. If today could go as well as it possibly can, what will that look like? So people start, it helps people envision their life, prioritize to a certain extent, but prioritize in a positive manner that I have this meeting and that meeting and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Well, if that could be as, as come out as good as, as positive as it could be, what would that look like? You're also visualizing and actually beginning to help start rewiring your brain in a more positive aspect, more positive way. But it's one simple question that if you ask yourself every day can begin that process of rewiring your brain. Mm. So yeah. a whole lot of long-winded stuff to say that at my course, Happy in Place, Happiness is Right, right Where You Are, mm-hmm. is a six-week course that boils down a lot of these concepts into very simple-to-understand mm-hmm. um, language with practical tools that you can implement today that will have an impact on, on how happy you are, right where you are. Okay, excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I do the quote of the week? Ah. No, I just want to say thank you to you and to your listeners for listening. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're bringing uh, all of us to your listeners to help them make changes in their lives. And you're reaching, hopefully reaching a lot of people and, and making a difference. And yes, that, I, I thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, today's quote or this week's quote comes from writer Alan Saunders. And he says, life is what happens to us while we are making other plans. <laughs> I think that falls in line with your, your happiness teachings. <laughs> I think it does. I think you, there, see, there's something going on here. <laughs> <laughs> We're sympathetic here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, one more question for you mm-hmm. is how can we reach you? Oh, yes. Perfect. Thank you. The best way to reach me is just to go to my website www.yvettecosta.com and it's spelled Y-V-E-T-T-E-C-O-S-T-A. Well, my website is there and information about me and um, the information uh, about my course is all there. Okay, excellent. I'd like to thank you one more time for coming and joining us today and you enjoy the rest of your week. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shalanda. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shalanda Says. 
Remember to send your questions to shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com, shalanda at tookswaterguidance.com to have them answered by myself and an expert guest. And don't forget to subscribe and share. And as always, have a productive day.